Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, guys, I know that you got together. Both of you are brilliant reporters, each of you in your own sphere, and you decided that you would write this book. I'm going to begin with you, James. James, can you give us in a nutshell, a thumbnail, a little bit about Sumner Redstone, who he was before he became the CBS media mogul? Well, at his peak, he was arguably the most powerful person in media and entertainment. He was, he assembled, he started with very little, two drive-in theaters outside of Boston, and he parlayed that over the decades into one of the biggest media empires that included the Paramount Movie Studio, the CBS Television Network, a slew of cable channels, MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central. At its peak, Forbes estimated he was worth over $14 billion. So he was immensely successful, immensely rich, very, very competitive, very ruthless, very driven. But it took him years. He finally got to Hollywood at age 76, a full-blown media mogul, and that's when all the trouble really started. Well, and so what's interesting is that's when the trouble started for the rest of us because he had control over CBS. But I love the paragraph in your book where he said that he didn't care uh, about the consequences of his inordinate sexual behavior, all of these women that he was sleeping with, all the trouble he caused because he was, quote, going to hell anyway, Um, which told me, (laughs) uh, right? Didn't that tell you a lot about 
the it reminded me so much of Irwin Shaw's Rich Man Poor Man. Do you remember that? That was a great miniseries, mm-hmm. by the way, years ago with Nick Nolte and Peter Strauss. But this idea of this guy that literally goes from rags to riches, but steps on so many people along the way. I mean, Rachel, it says here in the, in your book, it talks about the fact that one of the first things he did was basically step on his own brother to get control of the family business, right? This this guy was ruthless. I mean, he he alienated so many people in his life. You know, his, he had a son that threw up his hands and never spoke to him again. Um, and, and his daughter, I mean, at the heart, this is a family drama. Uh, you know, this, this man who withheld love and affection from his daughter and a daughter who yearned for it. And, you know, while at, there, there were flashes where Sumner wants her to succeed, there were also big, big periods where he did not want her to win if it cost him anything. He couldn't even cheer her on for winning a tennis match against him. And it was that kind of ruthless drive that shaped both their relationship and also his success in business. Yeah, and it's really interesting, right? Nobody likes him. Nobody even really admires him. They just admire his bank account. It's sort of a pathetic exaggeration of our cultural values of what we call success. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, if you think money, certainly great wealth is going to bring you happiness or peace of mind, this, this story will cure you of that, of that would... myth. And, you know, again, his, his behavior, he, he had a, one of his girlfriends, you know, at one point said, would, would, he said to her, would you be interested in me if I wasn't, um, you know, so rich and powerful? And she said, well, I don't know. You know, you're not very nice. And he burst into tears. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I sort of, well, that must have been when, you know, he, so let me just say this, James, you know, do we know, as you, you say that we're starting to look at this man, he's already in his mid seventies, his philandering is out of control. I mean, he's choosing totally. partners, he's choosing partners that are damaging to him, damaging to his reputation, women with terrible reputations of their own as liars and manipulators who have all kinds of other extra, um, I won't say marital, but extra kinds of other affairs at the same time, a lot of infidelity going on. He's not making any Uh, rational decisions in his personal life, right? They're not rational. No, and I think you know anyone who's has, has struggled with issues involving elderly parents are going to be able to relate to this. But we did uh, gain a, a confidential a psychiatric evaluation of him that was introduced in a court proceeding, and it it documents in excruciating detail uh, his decline. Someone who was brilliant in his heyday, who learned Japanese and was fluent in in that, and um, he did undergo a decline. But you see, there he was very vulnerable, as many elderly people are. There's an elder abuse. A component to this story these two women mm-hmm. you know glamorous good-looking women moved into the house with him and slowly but surely isolated him and they they made off with over 150 million dollars of his month of his money before wow. his daughter sherry finally succeeded in getting them out of the house wow that's unbelievable uh, that is extremely relatable all of that because you know i'm a probate judge in my other life and i see elder abuse every single day hmm. And I see undue influence and all kinds of, and these are the exact markers of that, the isolation and the flattery, and then at the same time telling them that their children don't really love them and, you know, all of that. It's all there. Oh, yeah, it's all there. It's all there. And, you know, I think the the law particularly, um, it doesn't really distinguish between mentally competent and incompetent. But many people, as they're getting older, and, you know, it's the baby boom generation living longer, 
they're in a gray area. You know, they're not what they once were, but they're not legally incompetent. And the, I think the law struggles to deal with that. Oh, very definitely does. And and I will tell you something else. The law is, in terms of theft and things like that, the law, at least that I'm observing, is very reluctant, loathe actually, to prosecute people for these kinds of fact patterns and to accuse them of theft. They don't, just don't want to get involved. It's very, really very interesting. I'm seeing this in my world um, because a lot of it could be definitely called theft, but it's not prosecuted as such. Yeah, well, you see in this story that Sherry Redstone and the family did file suit against these women, an elder abuse suit. But it's so painful for them, you know, to have to relive all of this and to litigate it that in the end it was just easier for them to settle the case Mm -hmm. and try to put it behind them. Well, you're talking so much money anyway. I mean, you can't spend this kind of money in a lifetime, in many, many lifetimes. Rachel, tell me a little bit about Les Moonves, who was head of CBS – And a lot of the questioning in your book, Unscripted, is about why did he make the decision, if he wasn't such an egomaniac, he should have known how vulnerable he would be, but I guess either he didn't or he thought that the reputation of CBS or the health of CBS was worth it. In the end, he went down. Talk to us a little bit about Les Moonves versus uh, Shari. What happened here? I mean, one of the amazing things about this book is that it's filled with characters who have really big, important jobs that you, and, or are very, and or are very rich, and you associate that with some level of competency. And what you see here is that we're, these characters are – this is a business story in parts, but at its heart it is a human story about very flawed people. And in Moonves's case, you know, he was running CBS and knew that at the height of the Me Too movement, he had accusations of sexual misconduct lurking in the background that threatened to come forward. And yet he still pushed ahead with a lawsuit against Sherry Redstone that threatened to strip her of control of her own family's companies. And so what that says to me is the level of entitlement, of hubris, of, 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 of arrogance that it would take to take that kind of a risk is really remarkable and is a reminder that, again, you know, business stories at, at, at their heart are often people stories. And, and certainly this is a book about, you know, incredible characters and very flawed people. It's very upsetting, honestly. I mean, you think about, you know, my mom would say the land of Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite, and this idea, this persona that CBS had for so many years as being a um, a reliable, trustworthy source of news that had an impact on all of us. When you see the puppeteers behind the curtain, it's so distressing that they are so morally bankrupt. Did you feel that way as you were writing this book? I mean, well, it certainly I... made me... Jim, go ahead. Uh, no, I, it I, I certainly made me one... feel like okay, Jim first. Jim first, then Rachel. Go ahead. Well, you know, we. I think one of the things that shocked us was the degree to which the board, which is supposed to be representing the interests of the shareholders, uh, just fell in behind Les Moonves and did pretty much whatever he wanted. They believed whatever he said, including his denials that there were any, was anything to worry about on the Me Too front, and they were intensely suspicious and they didn't believe anything that. Sherry told him, even though she was in part of the family that was the biggest shareholder in the company. And we, you know, we got an incredible amount of documents that, you know, show in real time how they were reacting. This, you know, almost, uh, you know, this aging, mostly white male board. And some of the shocking things they said in reaction to the allegations, such as, quote, we all did this. 
mm, uh, right. which was really pretty stunning. Yeah. And Rachel, what do you think about that? I just think it makes you understand a lot more about why it's important to have a diverse uh, group of people, you know, running the most important institutions that shape our culture. You know, if you if you these are the people that are shaping the shows that we watch, the media we consume, the, the news judgment that determines what is a story and what is not. And if you have people sort of at the upper echelon making those decisions that are themselves um, you know, very flawed in their personal life and, and making poor choices and in some cases are sexual harassers. Um, what does that say about the choices that get trickled down, the, the priorities um, and the values of these companies? And so it's, it's really something to think about as we've been talking over the last five years about how the Me Too movement has been reshaping the cultures within some of America's most powerful institutions. Rachel, as you were writing Unscripted, did you think that there was a lot of sexism leveled at Sherry? Uh, uh, Redstone because of the fact that she was a woman. And let's just say about the fact that she was a highly educated lawyer. She came from Massachusetts. She raised her own family. She had, there's nothing wrong with her in terms of her own credentials, but the fact that she was a woman, if she had been a son, right? Uh, do you think that it would have played out differently? Do you think there was a lot of underlying sexism in the way that she was treated? I could not get over the level of sexism that she faced. I mean, I, you know, I guess part of me had thought that she was so powerful, so well-educated, she had so much money, that somehow some of these problems that a lot of women faced would somehow not be problems that she had to deal with. But the fact that the all-male, or mostly male, mostly white board of CBS was so quick to believe all of the worst rumors they heard about her and so quick to dismiss the credible allegations against Les Moonves, that tells you a lot of what you need to know. And, you know, people were convinced that Sherry Redstone was planting rumors about Les Moonves committing sexual misconduct, and there was no, there, no evidence for that. And that's another question that I have is why were people so quick to believe that she was somehow, you know, conniving to take control away from him when really we knew that it was the Me Too movement and women all over the country were preparing to tell those, sto tell those stories publicly for the first time. So, yes, it was something that I thought about. What yeah, do the you... sexism is shocking, really. Shocking. There's, there's one scene where, you know, she she's really treated rudely, dismissively by one of her fellow directors. And she confronts him about it. And he said, well, I, you know, I would say the same thing to my daughter. And she said, but I'm not your daughter. I'm, I'm the vice chairman of this company. And that just kind of typified, you know, to me, the whole attitude. Yeah. Wow. And in the end, she, her tenaciousness, she inherited that from her father. She never gave up. And it looked like she was going to lose for a long time. She never gave yes, up. Yes, she did. Yes. Yeah. She, 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 she never gave up and she emerged victorious, which is really just so fascinating and remarkable given all of the uphill battles she faced. Yeah, she I had think, a... you know, people are going to be inspired by that. I mean, any, anybody who's faced that sort of sex in the in workplace and in family circles that she did, I think is going to be able to relate to her struggle and, you know, kind of cheer her on that she finally did survive. Yeah, I mean, but there's something, you know, I'm a capitalist as much as anybody, but there's something fundamentally so troubling at the core of of this sort of incremental accretion of control of such an important company by virtue of the fact that you get to buy a lot of shares. That's another conversation for another day. But, <laughs> at, but, but at the heart of this, at the heart of this, when you step back, you, you sort of ask yourself, why? Like, why have we created this system that doesn't have any checks and balances? 
We have checks and balances in a lot of other places where it matters, particularly in our government. But we haven't really created checks and balances in the boardrooms. And some of these companies have such an enormous impact on our life, arguably as much, if not greater, than our own governments. It's just a question worth asking. I don't don't think we can answer it, really. But it's... um, but we see it play out. And again, I'm not talking about private companies. These are publicly traded companies, and they just have a massive impact. And uh, the ruthlessness behind it, I guess, listen, it's human nature. It, it's, it's, it's human. I'm, you know, I, I watch K-drama all the time. I watch the Asian stories all the time. This is very reminiscent of what happens in Korea and China and all these different places. Um, but it's an American story. It's, it's really a story of a lot of greed and corruption. Um, but in the end, yeah, when you mix that much, mm-hmm. when you mix that much money, that much power, and the family ties and rivalries in, into into one test tube, you get quite a chemical reaction. That's exactly right—a chemical reaction. I love it. Congrats for being on that New York Times bestseller list and doing so well. And thanks for writing the story. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 